Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to From the Back Tees, a podcast where we tee it up from the back every week. Welcome to the From the Back Tees podcast. Today is Tuesday, December 8th. The 2020 season is now basically over. Uh, we got our guys, and Reed, we know you brought a special guest for us this week. A last second call up. We'll let you do the introduction. Well, it's, it's fun, actually, funny because we were, we were talking about it on, uh, I think it was Sunday, standing on the putting green. And, and I was like, Ryan, what are you doing? And you want to come on the podcast this week? And then Will was laughing. But uh, it, it was kind of a funny moment at the time. It's come to fruition. Uh, we have Ryan Goble, Will Zalatoris' caddy, uh, which I'm sure many of you guys have heard his name. Uh, Will has been uh, rising through the ranks, really showing his true talent. Uh, Ryan, how we doing? Doing great. Great to be with you. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Ryan. I guess uh, to get us started, the question everyone wants to know is how do you end up on Will's bag? <laughs> um, a lottery ticket. I want it. So, um, no, basically I was talking to his agent who used to be, um, well, I used to work for John Merrick. So for years I would be in touch with his agent. And, and then after I stopped working for John, uh, I would talk to him often, and he got a hold of me, um, I want to say like 2019, probably May, and asked me, hey, can you caddy this week? I've got this really talented kid. I think you guys would be great together. So I, I said, well, um, you know, I, I don't know that I can do it this week. It was kind of a last thing thing, because... I think Will was Monday qualifying into tournaments. And so it was kind of last second. I said, nah, I can't do it this week. And so he goes, okay, well, I'll, I'll hit you up again. So then the second time he called maybe a month later, I think it was for Savannah. And he said, uh, hey, can you caddy this week? Uh, you know, Will got in this week. And that was the first time I heard his name. I didn't even know who he was trying to set me up with. But uh, – and I said, yeah, I can do it. So that was Monday. Well, Monday evening, my friend called and said that his wife died. So I was like, oh, damn. So I called Alan back up. That's Will's agent. 
And I said, hey, man, uh, I, I got to back out. So strike two for Ryan and um, Will. So then it came to Peak and Peak, which was July 4th weekend, 2019. Great place, by the way. Yeah, I, I, I missed that place. Because I joined him that week, drove up there from North Carolina. Uh, we ended up finishing third, one shot out of a playoff. And I got done with that week, and I, I said, man, this kid, this kid has got the it factor. Uh, you don't usually say that after catting for somebody. But um, he just had so many tools and was just – I mean, you could see the potential. I mean, he was very young, obviously, 22 or three. Um, and, but the kids got talent. So it was, it was a no-brainer to stick on. But what, the question was, did he like me? <laughs> did, he, right. it, did he enjoy hanging out with me on the golf course? So um, fortunately for me, he had a good time with me out there and, uh, you know, now it's a year and a half later. It's, it's funny how things like that just come to fruition all of a sudden sometimes. You know, you kind of lead on to it, and, and that's, that's the way caddies work sometimes. And, and, you, and you get along with someone, and you start succeeding, man, it's fun. Yeah, and, you know, he had a couple caddies, you know, working for him before I got that job, and – you know, a couple of them were caddies that worked for tour players before and were down on the lower tour for a little while. And one of them, I think, went back up to the big tour, left Will, went back up to the big tour. Um, and, you know, I was like, so I, I got lucky. I got very, it was very, very fortunate that I was able to get that job. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't really happen very often. Yeah, exactly. Will, I guess, when you said you got on the bag, I sort of first started hearing about him maybe two years ago, but really this last year on the Corn Ferry Tour, when you guys just kept having top finish after top finish, he really yeah. blew up in the news, and it's like, this guy, just a matter of time till he's on the PJ Tour. And just how well you guys have done on the PJ Tour, did you see it coming at all, that you'd have this quick success? Oh, no. You know, I I knew it could happen, but, you know, in golf, you just don't, you don't try to go ahead of yourself, um, even on the golf course, you know. But as far as thinking, oh, you know, well, if we do well here, we could get into this and this and this, you know. I just, um, you know, those are things you, you dream about. You dream about, oh, you know, if we could finish, you know, top 10 or top four, or whatever, at the U.S. Open, you know, that would open up a bunch of doors, you know. You know, you know, you're, it's in the back of your mind, but to, to finish top 10, then go the next week, the Dominican, and finish top 10, and, you know, just rolling, you know, it, it was, that was awesome. Yeah, for those who might not be as familiar, you guys have played six tournaments this year, including the U.S. Open, and you've come top 10 in half of them. Yep. So, like, yeah. 56 this week, you might be a little disappointed where. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, when we missed. What's going the on? Yeah, when we missed the cut in Mississippi, I we're walking up the our last hole, which I think was the ninth hole, and you know we're kind of talking about this. Kind of feels weird, you know, knowing that you're going to miss a cut, 
we hadn't missed a cut for over a year. I mean, it, it, it just a weird feeling to go, oh, I'm not working this weekend. And uh, which is great. You know, I mean, that's a great thing. But uh, it was it was good timing for him. He was drained from the U.S. Open. Uh, Dominican, he just kind of fought through that and, you know, fired seven under on the final day to get inside that top ten. Um, you know, he's he's incredible. Absolutely. And I will say, I will say it, uh, you know, Will is an awesome, really fun kid to be around, too. And it's it's his genuine personality only makes it more enjoyable to be around and and then Ryan with it and it's it's one of the more fun of combos and you know you get a pairing with them and you always it's one of those guys that you get paired with them it's like all right we're paired with you know you, these guys are fun they're enjoyable to be around it's 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 always a good thing. Yeah, Will is is definitely he he, he has one of those personalities that. Yeah, he's cocky, and but it's a confident cocky. It's not a arrogant cocky, and he will talk to anybody. You know, he goes out of his way to just you know communicate with others. Where you know a lot of times you're in a group and you know guys won't talk or so. No problem with him communicating with people. Right. So Ryan, I uh, I saw you uh, you coached uh, UCLA for a stint there, correct? Yes, I did. How? Tell us a little bit a bit about how that came to be and um, how how your time was down there uh, as okay. a point. I will. Um, so when I was growing up, I had a neighbor who ended up going to UCLA and was an All American there back in the seventies late seventies. And I ended up doing some caddying for him on uh, the PGA tour. He, he never was on PGA tour, but he did a lot of club pro qualifying stuff, Monday qualifyings. And I ended up caddying for him probably in about 10, 12 events, you know, the, the San Diego open LA open Bob Hope, uh, PJ championships and um, you know so my friendship with him grew and he ended up getting the head coaching job at UCLA in like 1996 and uh, they didn't have an assistant coach at that time so um, I was a manager of a driving range in Southern California on West Texas West Texas. <laughs> no, no West Texas for me. But um, we um, basically, he, he said, hey, I'm going to try to get an assistant coach. Uh, would you like to do it? You know, I can trust you. You know, and I said, yeah, that'd be great. So I, I started that and basically volunteering in 96. Um, so he started in 95. I started in 96. And then coached finally got paid in 97 um through 202 and um you know i recruited kids like uh travis johnson was probably my first recruit who you would know as the creator of travis matthew um right. he uh i also caddied for him on the canadian tour for a year in 2006 but 
I recruited him. Uh, let's see, John Merrick, who I ended up counting for on the PGA Tour for eight and a half years. Was, spent, sorry to cut you a, off. Was yeah. John was John the first uh, guy you caddied for on the PGA Tour? Uh, full time, yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yep, I caddied for him starting uh, St. Jude's. Um, he called me on a Monday, said, hey, I let my caddy go. Uh, I'm playing St. Jude's in Memphis. Can you get here tomorrow? And, of course, at that time, I wasn't doing anything except working at my grandfather's auto dismantling business for, like, the last two months. And I was like, yep, yeah, I'm there. So that was cool. But Spencer Levine was probably my last recruit to UCLA. And, uh, but that was a great time. I loved recruiting. I loved the interaction with the players, the just building relationships in recruiting. That's, that's always fun. I saw, yeah, I mean, I still remember you, you and John winning the Northern Trust the playoff event um, a couple years back. What, I mean, that's, that's got to be one of your most exciting wins or prestigious, I guess. What do you, uh, is there a certain tournament that you've caddied, been on the bag for that sticks out more than, more than the others? Yeah, I mean, of course, winning with John at Riviera was awesome because it's basically home for both of us. Um, it was his first and only PGA Tour win. Um, that was a great experience. Um, I, I would say the U.S. Open this past fall with Will is probably the most uh, kind of excited I've been as far as uh, being a part of something that's so, I mean, it's building. You know, it's something that's building rather than, you know, something that has been expected, yeah, maybe, and then happens. Uh, with Will, it's this, you know, it's building, it's building, it's building, and boom, you know, you, you kind of hit the stage and, and do a great job. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I wanted to ask, at that U.S. Open, how hard was the setup? You guys shot five over, you came in sixth, and I think you came 11 shots back of Bryson, was it? He right, yeah. Of the field. Right. Now, he, he obviously, uh, yeah, Bryson obviously played great golf that week. And, you know, with him, if he's on, yeah, that's, that's tough to beat a guy that's hitting it as far as he is. And, you know, if his short game's on, he's deadly. So, um, but Will, you know, he played just some very smart, uh, I mean, just he, – he walked around that course and, and really thinks through golf. You know, he, he's very intelligent. And um, it, was, it was a lot of fun to be a part of that. He got some up and downs, though, that, you know, I, I was just – I had my face – I had the biggest grin on my face when he got up and down – uh, from, you know, 100 yards or whatever it was on 16. Uh, you know, he hit it left into a bunker that was on the other course. And, and we had to chip it out sideways. And then he got it up and down from about 110, I think, or something. And hit it six inches, you know, and tapped it in for his par. It, it was things like that 
happened, and you know he he, he was putting well too. Those those fairways were brutal. I mean, no matter how well you hit it, you were going to be in the rough most of the time. So you're just kind of you know working it, try to get it up, run it through the mouth of a couple bunkers, you know, under the green, that kind of stuff. I remember uh, I remember the U.S. Open on uh, that was a whole 10, 11, 12 to par five that went away. Yes. And that landing area, it was probably, I don't know, 20 yards wide, maybe 25 yards wide, whatever. But, like, half of it couldn't even be used. Right. More than half yeah. of it. Yeah, sloped straight right. I mean, Straight left to right. And, like, it, you could, yeah. I mean, so it was just a lot of that. But it was, it was a real fun test of golf. Yeah. You know, and a lot of your decisions were – well, do we try to cover those bunkers or we leave it short of that? You know, do we hit it up here and, you know, in case it rolls down, we'll stay on the fairway. I mean, right. I mean, a lot of uh, interaction during that tournament between he and I just on decision-making where, you know, it's a lot different than most courses that you deal with. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess it's also something, I guess, Reed and Hubs had to deal with this past year, how hard is it like being a rookie and not having played a lot of these courses or the newer setups on them? That, that is, that is tough. I mean, um, I've been on most of these, uh, you know, six, seven times, but until he sees them and hits shots, you know, off tees and into these greens, you know, he, he gets, a better idea and every year that he goes out there he'll get better and better at these courses um and you know i can i can try to tell him which way to go and you know what i think we should use off the tees but you know it, he's great course management so you know i usually ask him what's your gut say you know i mean he's he, he knows he knows what he's doing pretty well on his own Yeah. Um, so going from one young player to another, we obviously got Victor Hovland. Maybe that's a future rival of Will's. And uh, he just dominated this Mayakopa, went 20 under to win birdie the last. I mean, this kid's the real deal. I'll go to you, Reed. What did, what did you think of the performance? Um, you know, we, uh, we played with Victor, I want to say it was in Boston. Um, uh, this past season, it was sometime around there, and watched him shoot. Uh, I think a twenty-nine or thirty on the front, and this made it look real easy. And I, I think, you know, not only that it says he have talent, and that's that's one thing, but I think his personality, just like Will's, it's that very fun. He knows they they know they they know they have talent. They know they're good, but they're but they're fun to be around. You know what I mean? Everyone at that level is good, but you know you just you, the guys who are fun to be around. You, you know you want you tend to really kind of pull for them a little more. You know you know, and I think that just comes my nature. But uh, yeah, I think it's fun to see him win and and good for him. You know he's he's a good player, and you know we'll we'll see what he does coming in the near future. 
Yeah, I always try to think between the three of them, between him, uh, Morikawa, and Wolf, who's the better one. I feel like each time one of them wins, then the other one goes out and wins, and it's like we're back to square one. Yeah. Yeah, there's just yeah. so much. There's so much talent at this level, you know. Could be a fearsome threesome coming. Uh, you know, no, up like these big next threesome guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of threesomes, <laughs> um, not golf related, but Victor Hovland related. Uh, when I went to. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is yeah, not going where you guys there in imagination. <laughs> the dude is gonna be in some trouble in the coming years because about every single girl that was near me while watching Victor Hovland at the uh US Open at Pebble Beach was asking who who is that guy? Like <laughs> what's his name? What does he have an Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, the ladies love Victor, man. Yeah, I, he, he, you know, he's, he's a fun guy, fun personality. That's for Nick, that's for sure. Reed, just just admit it, you think he's sexy. What's Reed up? Does. He told just, us. Right just admit it, you think he's sexy. Oh yeah, I mean, no, no, no. <laughs> he's foreign. Oh, <laughs> who doesn't love the go. Norwegians? He's got yeah. the foreign factor. Like I was, uh, yeah. Victor Alvin was the first person I ever interviewed with from the back tees, like in person, at like uh, the farmer's insurance, because it was just this young college kid with his like standing bag, all alone on one end of the putting green, and I'm just like, ah, I'll go talk to him, and he's probably like, who the hell is this, and why is he talking to me? What a trip, man! You go from. Scandinavian country and come play golf at Oklahoma State and you're like this is America Oklahoma <laughs> but yeah I mean That's the guy's got shot. yeah he's got a lot of talent and he's not going anywhere and we're big backers big backers uh, is there anything else from the tournament that uh, caught any of your eyes well I did want to say I was going to throw my hat in the ring for Aaron Wise that tournament, and he did phenomenal. Didn't come up on top, but I blamed Zach publicly on Twitter for canceling the podcast so I couldn't have my pick. <laughs> well, couldn't let you get one right? That would ruin all our legitimacy. We're sort of It's all good because I got it right. wrong. So. <laughs> but, uh, well, we have, first of all, our podcast has done a great job recently to guests coming on. So Will is like, Basically a lock to win at this point. Oh, yeah. sweet! I mean, yeah, we've had a yeah, Ryan. We're we're good. Luck. We're good luck charm for most guests. We so. were terrible luck like two years ago. Terrible luck. Twenty twenty, <laughs> great luck. Sounds great. Well, hope you're good yeah. for twenty twenty one. Oh, we don't know. <laughs> That's <laughs> unforeseen well, territory. Hopefully, we can answer that question for you and, and get that Hopefully, hopefully, that's a brand new year and stuff starts over. Oh, yeah. One, one more story from it was uh, Austin Eckroth. I think that's his name, the amateur. He came 12. I feel like. Yeah, who's, on, who's on his bag? Yeah, you <laughs> don't see that often. I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I had no idea, but it was cool to see him play well, for sure. You don't see amateurs finish high in like a regular field event very often. Right. 
those guys aren't afraid of anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Not of course, of course, you didn't have Bryson there or Dustin or yeah to kind of aus- make him awestruck, but uh, starstruck. But um, yeah, they're they're not afraid of these guys. Yeah, right. obviously. All these guys are so good, like Reed said earlier. Yeah. I figure if you're intimidated or you get nervous, you're probably not uh, gonna make it that far anyway. So. No. no. I'm always amazed no one shanks it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so before we get to the second half of the show, we got some unique segments coming here, but we're going to head to a couple of ads we have coming. We got a new one with Nolan, then Reed, I'll head to you first. Uh, well, you know, since we didn't have a podcast last week, it's been a couple of weeks, but we always like to give thanks to Surf and Turf Golf out of Texas. Um, they uh, supply me with hats to represent them out there. Um, if you go to their website, surfandturfgolf.com, uh, check out some of their gear, find something you like, put in the uh, code readmartin 15 you'll get 15% off of any purchase. That uh, might be a good Christmas gift uh, this time of year. Also out to Chris Rowe, yeah, uh, in uh, Columbus, Ohio, with former cars. Always creating uh, very unique designs with Cobras. Uh, he does all laser, laser designs, um, does his own kind of spin off on it and creates them all from scratch. It's pretty cool. Uh, TD Design, Tommy Dodge Design out in California, uh, representing the shirts. Um, always wearing his logo. He does his own work. Check him out. And then always you guys. Thank you for uh, having the podcast. Always fun. Enjoy. Enjoy you guys coming on. Thanks, Reed. Um, so yeah, like like you're saying, we're back back here after a couple couple weeks hiatus, at least for me. But um, wanted to do a quick shout out to our partners over at Sticks Golf. Um, they're modern. You know, they're kind of they're not premium golf clubs but they're not your like discounted dick sporting goods golf clubs they're really just below you know i i did my own review on them and they really performed pretty much just as well as my tailor-mades not gonna lie the driver was a little bit less less forgiving and a little bit less distance but the irons were pretty money um sticks golf check them out s-t-i-x dot golf um, use our promo code uh, stadium99 you'll get a nice discount um, they're running all sorts of holiday specials right now so check them out really cool you can get a full set from putter to driver or you can you know pick and choose what you want so check, check them out uh, they're on social medias at sticks golf gear as well that was a quality review you did i gotta say great <laughs> footage who filmed it oh my uh my film guy film guy yeah top secret all right yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll never know we'll just know him as the film guy but yeah. uh with that the 2020 season's over as we mentioned earlier so i wanted to uh have a little from the back tease award show we're gonna have here we'll go in a circle we'll be giving out the player of the year the most improved player the biggest letdown of the year and the most likely 2021 player of the year the ftbt player of the year so, Nolan, I'll start with you. I'm guessing it's like Tiger all the way through. Oh, I mean, player of the year, 
how can you not give it to Dustin Johnson? The dude, he's awesome. He, I mean, I think we're finally, finally people of the golf world are fully appreciating Dustin Johnson's greatness and what he's been able to do over his span of his career. And he really showed it this year in dominating fashion. So that's my player of the year. Uh, Reed, we'll go to you. Or do you want to do them all at once, Nolan? It's on you. I say we rotate every award. Okay, I'm going (laughs) counterclockwise on my screen, so. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I mean, at the end of the day, Dustin dominated in in the big events, and he dominated when it needed to be time. And I mean, it was it was actually pretty impressive to watch. So I got Dustin Johnson to my player of the year. Ryan. Um, well, I got Will Zalatoris. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what tour? What tour are we talking about here? No, just kidding. Um, yeah, DJ definitely, um, in my book, was probably the most impressive on a consistent basis. Obviously, won the FedEx Cup and all that, but he's even, I think, well, he's played three events this fall, and he's won the Masters and finished top ten in the other two, so pretty yeah, He's just top five in, like, everything, basically. Yeah, uh, for me, it's going to be the same thing. Uh, Dustin Johnson, the clean sweep. Obviously, I feel like this is one of the more obvious just sweeps of the player of the year. If he doesn't win, it will be shocking. So his last three tournaments, he's come first, second, and sixth. And then in 2020, he ended the year going uh, first, second, first, second, 12th. So... Not a bad, not a bad season. Pretty gross run when you're just like dominating everyone. This caddy's made some good money too. It's a good yeah. life. Yeah, I remember uh, when Pete Tiger, Steve, Steve Williams, he was the highest earning athlete in New Zealand. What? Yeah. Well, he was uh, in top ten money list. At you know, as far as players, but you're right. his money when right. he was. Uh-huh. Crazy. But uh, the second award, we're going to go with the most improved player. I think for my pick, I mean, there's a lot of guys here for sure, but I think I'm going to go with Colin Morikawa. And he won twice. He won a major. He's one of these young studs. But uh, Ryan, I feel like your guy, he has a real shot to win this award. So you might want to nominate him. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm going to go. Yeah, I'll go with Will. Um, obviously, you know, the year before he played in like six tour events and, you know, just kind of struggled and then came out on the corn ferry and Monday in, Monday in top 25, top 25, one. And then, I mean, he went on quite a run this summer with a victory, a fourth, a second. I mean, pretty impressive run he's been on. So I'm going to give it to him, Will Zalatoris. Good pick. Great pick. Yeah. I had, uh, I had three people written down here. And uh, I had it boiled down to Tyrell Hatton, Harris English, and Will Zalatoris. Wow. Uh, 
And I think Tyrell Hatton had an unreal season, but I think he was already kind of established. You know what I mean? Like he, he, he was, he was, you know, he was already kind of established. Yeah. And Harris English, okay, it boiled down to Harris and Will, and I think you look at where they went from their where they started ranked to where they are at now, and what kind of status they have on what tours. I don't think that you can really say that someone's career has maybe changed a little more than Will's, if that if that be said. Uh, I mean, I think he's kind of started establishing his himself out there. He's starting to you know finish well, and then I think that that goes a little bit of you know long way. And so I'm going to, I'm going to know I'm going to nominate Will as well, Zalatoris. Thank you, great call. Yeah, I guess yeah. One question before we go on. Like, have you always thought Will was going to be as good as he has been or has as high of a ceiling, I guess, as he's clearly shown? Oh, yeah. No, I, like I told you earlier, the, the first tournament I worked for him, I said, man, this kid's got the it factor. I mean, any day you go out there, you can't say this about a lot of players, but with him, any day he goes out there, he can shoot seven, eight under. I mean – We've had tournaments where we start off poorly the first round, and it's like with most players, you're like, "Well, we need a miracle," you know. But with Will, I don't, I don't get, you know, I, I'm not worried about it. I'm like, "All right, we'll get it tomorrow," because he can go out there and fire low, and so and he's done it over and over. So it's a proven, for in my book, and and he's gonna get, I mean. In my opinion, he'll be a major winner, uh, whether I'm on the bag or not. Um, I, I think he'll be a major winner for sure. Well, I mean, I hope he'd be on the bag. You, you're yeah, the, me too. You're me too. Up. But you know, you can't get ahead of yourself. You just got in the moment. <laughs> no one. Yeah. So for my, what are we calling it? Comeback or breakthrough or most, most improved, improved. improved player, player of the year? Yeah. Yeah, player of the year. Um, maybe I'm stretching it a little bit, but like, like you guys were mentioning really like Will, I like a guy like Scotty Scheffler. I like Colin Murakawa. Yeah, both, um, both great picks. Yeah. I, I am going to stretch back to pre COVID and who was dominating pre COVID this season. And that was your guy, Brendan Todd, man. The yeah. guy was on That's fire. That's a great call. He had, I mean, he was, you know, had a couple of rough, rough years. I mean, he he's always been on the tour, but um, he definitely was probably getting low on some of his statuses. Um, but the dude uh, went first, first he went back to back events, and then he followed it up with a fourth and a third. So he had a four-week stretch where he didn't even finish outside the top five. Um, so Brennan Todd's my guy. Um, he, uh, you know, put a couple other good rounds in there, got a tie for eighth at the BMW in the playoff event. So he still showed some form throughout the entire year. So I'm going Brendan Todd. That's a very is, good call. That is very good. Reed, yeah. we're going to start with you on this one. The biggest letdown of the year. Uh, I, I can't help it. Um, but to say Ricky Fowler. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Especially 
with the news coming coming after his last finish. Yeah, I uh, I, I love a guy. I think he's a lot of fun, but he's been I me. Mean, I don't think it's anything but knowing that he's been struggling, you know? Yeah. And so. uh, Ryan, I guess we'll go to you. Now we're just in a yeah. random order. Yeah, random. Um, yeah, Ricky was who I had thought of also. Um, there's there's a lot of expectations on him, obviously, and That's so true. that you know that makes it uh, even more evident, I guess, that he's not living up to those maybe. But I mean, he's a great guy, and I hope you know things turn around for him. Yeah, no, I guess it's all relative still. I mean, I think he's still doing pretty well for himself. So the people at home. You don't got to be Venmoing Ricky Fowler or anything. <laughs> You're all right, Bill. Yeah, I can. Uh, I can tell you guys like it kind of pains you to say that about you know a, a fellow player out there. So, yeah. Um, this, I guess, my pick. You also do not need to feel sorry for this guy. Um, this guy's living the dream. I already know. <laughs> This guy um, has <laughs> made plenty of money. He has a beautiful girlfriend. Um, he, uh, he's got a great life. And uh, I don't feel bad naming him the letdown player of the year because I think he would agree. I think he would think he had a probably his worst season on the tour. Um, and he probably had some – factors in there, injuries, whatnot. Um, but Brooks Kepka, uh, the dude had a lot of missed cuts this year um, and wasn't really contending in any majors like he's supposed to do. But, again, it's all relative. It's expectations. Uh, but, yeah. Sorry, Brooks. I, I have a good one for this one. I don't feel bad at all either. I mean – Maybe Reed will know who it is. So to give a little context, since he almost ran me over with his car when I saw Reed, he has played, he's played like 15 events, and he has one top 10. Tommy Fleetwood. I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> he has played a lot. Out and the gods are just coming for him. But Maybe again, he's playing too much. Don't feel too bad. He still made over a million dollars last year, so... You know, it'd be funny. I was, I was hoping one of us would like throw Bryson's name out there just, just because of the Masters. Of everyone was like, oh, he's gonna just destroy the Masters. He's gonna break golf, (laughs) and just that one tournament let down alone. But I mean, it would have been great if Bryson didn't win. But then like Cameron Champ won, and then people were like, ah, still broken. Just wasn't Bryson. And he averaged like a yard under Bryson or something. Yeah, do you think Cam Champ just sits at home like waiting to be the headline of the news? Because he's like, I literally hit as far as him. Just no one cares. <laughs> like Finau too hits like almost as far as him. Even yeah, Finau hits as Finau's Finau, I mean, that dude's got to win. He's going to get the Ricky Fowler treatment here sooner or later. Yeah, Bryson's just swole. But, uh, our last, our last award, the most likely to be the 2021 FDBT Player of the Year. This one's taken some thought, but in class exact form, I have to go against everyone else 
and say that Bryson is again going to be the player of the year. <laughs> yeah, I wrote that exactly for you, Zach. Just yeah. so you can freaking say that. It has to be. It has to be. If you hit it that far, it's either him, Finau, or Champ. If you hit it that far, Reed, you're closer to the hole. It's more likely to go in. I don't care what the everyone says. He's going to win every tournament. At some, one year, he's going to win every tournament. Guarantee. Yeah. Uh, oh, you cracked me up. I love it. I am uh, going with Xander Shoffley. It's a good pick. That is a good pick. It's no Bryson, but good pick. <laughs> Uh, Care to elaborate, or you're just gonna name him? Reed, you just frozen. Nope. I, I I put my pick in Xander Shoffler. Oh, I like it. <laughs> no detail. <laughs> That's it. Well, That's it. mine doesn't take much detail either, because we already know. <laughs> oh, it's Tiger. Tiger Woods gonna Tiger Woods gonna win a major, and that's all that matters. And it, it might be the upcoming Masters. We'll see. I know for certain we're the most predictable podcast in golf. <laughs> hey, well, people don't like surprises. Facts. <laughs> I'm not gonna surprise you then. I'm gonna say Will Zalatoris. Yes, I love it. Yeah, I mean he's got a ton of room to. Just move up the leaderboard, get higher in the world rankings, and um, you know, I, I think he's going to win this next year. I don't know so, what it is about Will or like the golf community, but people seem to just love him. Maybe well, his last name starts with a Z. I feel like that like gets people going. It's like a cool name. Everybody, everybody loves the story, the winner. You know, they, they, everybody loves that. But, you know, and then they'll kick you when you're down, though. So <laughs> part of the gig. Yeah. But, uh, no, he definitely, I think, will continue to shine. And he, I think he's going to be a surprise to a lot of people next year how well he does. Yeah, agreed. And uh, that wraps up our war show. But I think all in all, great 2020-21 for Will and for Hubs. I mean, there are some... Real sweet moments. Hub second place. We'll never forget Lanto Griffin. He's basically dead to me, but <laughs> and to Reed. I think Reed's frozen. Oh no, Reed's not. No, 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 I'm just writing. He's just very still. But uh, no, we like Lanto Griffin. I already got the rundown there. Uh, <laughs> the last event, basically of the year. It's not a PGA Tour event, and maybe uh, you guys have some more intel on why every single. Well, I know why. They all get paid, but. The Dubai Classic, what is it? The DP World Challenge? Yeah. DP World Tour Championship. All these guys are going. What do you guys think of this event? Dude, there's actually a a player that is playing well. I was kind of – I kind of briefly scanned the standings over there. A name that I've kind of seen more than I ever have Um. in some majors, and that's Mike Lorenzo Vera. Um, and I think he's starting to play a little bit better and play in some bigger events and play, have a little more certain success. And just, I don't know, maybe the name to kind of just keep on your left hook and just kind of watch. And, you know, the, I, I think he's solid. He's a good yeah, player. There's a couple of guys over there that have just like dominated recently. 
I feel like maybe it takes him some time or I don't know how big are his like the purses there outside of this event. Like the European tour, I mean, there's some big events. I mean, you got like, I, I honestly don't know by the exact numbers, but I mean, there's some, there's some big fields over there. I mean, there's a think about all the Euros that go go home and play like the Scottish Open or go home and play, you know, all whatever. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's some big events back home that that are worth going back to play, and they want to go play in the native countries. And I mean, there are so at, many names in this event this week. It's like. It's basically a PGA Tour event in Europe. Right. Yeah, well, they're, they're going to make guaranteed money. And just, I mean, it's big, huge purse. So they're, you know, definitely going to go. Yeah. No uh, reason not to. No, exactly. Nolan, any uh, thoughts on this Dubai event? Anyone you like going into it? I don't know what the broadcast is going to be like for it. I'm assuming... Maybe Golf Channel will have some of it. Yeah, it, golf, it'll definitely be on Golf Channel. Um, I think uh, it'd be funny to see Tommy Fleetwood win because he still hasn't won a PGA Tour event, but then he goes and wins a European Tour event. He just dominates there. Yeah. Um, so that'd be that'd be kind of funny to see, I guess. There's um, one name in the field we, we haven't seen in a while, Eddie Pepperell. He was like a Twitter yeah. out on the PGA Tour. Sort of been, I don't know what happened. Now he's here. Henrik Stenson just falling off a bit. But Jana Watsonond. Jazz. Oh, Jazz. Like top 15 in the world him. somehow. Like, is it Brooks Kepka going to win? I think he will. He'll be like, yeah, this sure. is a major for me. There you go. Now you're going to get like, I don't know, Martin Keimer. How about that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> flash, there's, flash. There's no shot tracker, apparently, which drives me nuts, which takes me back to my last point because I had to discuss this because the people listening are in 100% agreement with me here. This Mayakoba event, either it needs to be canceled or they need to get shot tracker. You can't just have an <laughs> event where it was shot one from the tee box, shot two from the fairway, and then you never know what's going to happen until it's in the hole. And you get like all these big numbers, and they're always wrong. Terrible. Yeah, most of the time, most of the time, the the people that are keeping score are not not doing a good job there anyway. So, but yeah, the the whole shot tracker thing. My friends just get they go crazy. They're like, "What what happened on this hole? You couldn't tell, you know." They're it drives them crazy. Yeah, as it should. It's not right. This is a big business here. And we we get dumped on every time we're there. So I I wouldn't mind if they didn't have that tournament either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know I don't understand why some events have like you get footage of every single shot and then others you can't even figure out how far they are. But apparently it, it rained so hard last week. Oh, we wouldn't have known. Uh, I mean, it, it just fucking kept raining and raining. <laughs> and it was 83 degrees. Yeah, it was hot. But I'll, I'll tell you what, man, it's a fun area for sure. We went down a week early and got some fish. Got, uh, I think, 31 total fish. That's and how the big-time caddies live right there. 
Yeah, oh, no, no. We, we, just, we just enjoyed some time. had some time down in the sunshine after a kind of a weird year, you know. We wanted to go down and went out and got some – we had a 20-pound mackerel, um, 20 bonita. If you guys know a bonita earlier than the tuna family. Did you donate those fish? And some snappers. Yeah, we donated – we probably kept – uh, eight or nine of them took them to a shop and got them uh, cooked up by a chef and they can dice them up with, with some um, uh, you know fried and filleted and ceviche and all that kind of stuff it was 100 pesos and the chefs loved cooking it and there was 100 pesos ahead so it gave them good business And but yeah we gave a lot of it to the families of the boaters that we went out with and whatnot. Reed is high class now. No, I just like that. Is like that was fun, man. I like I like to be on the water, I like you know, going out and fishing or crabbing or whatever. Yeah, yeah decompress. Yeah, all time try. Facebook follow Reed. All time, we get all the pictures. And then Nolan, do you have Reed on Facebook? It's it's remarkable stuff because you also get these like trivia questions on Facebook or like post a picture and then I'm going to give you a number and it was so confusing. I'm like, I can't put a picture because then Reed's going to force me to post it on my wall. And then my friends are going to be like, what is this? Hey, <laughs> I just feel like, you know what? We can all have a little laughter now. I get a good laugh. I just want you to know. 2020 is almost friggin' over. 2021 is almost here. Let's go. I always get a good laugh go. by the Facebook posts, but that leads us right into it, our final segment. We got <laughs> some tiger fun facts, and we got a little trivia. Let's start off with the tiger fun fact, and then we can end with the trivia. Of course. Why not? Um, haven't done this in a while, so I'm a little rusty. Context but... for the new fans. Give us the rundown. Yeah, give us the rundown. Um, you know, every time we come on, I'm the tiger guy. I give you guys some tiger facts, some some stats, some whatever some dirt i dug up on him some weird i don't know statistical error i don't know either way this week's is and most weeks it's usually just to um explain to you all why tiger is the greatest of all time um so the pga tour keeps a stat called like a well they obviously keep your scoring average right and they kept this stat where they were showing the best single season scoring average in relation to the total scoring average of the PGA Tour. So say like Tiger averages a 70, the average on PGA Tour is a 72, he's two strokes better than everyone, right? Um, the <laughs> first eight highest differentials for a single season are all Tiger Woods. In 2000, he was 3.84 strokes better than everyone else. That's crazy. And uh, 2006, 2007, 9, 2002, 99, 03, and 05. They were, uh, he was more than two and a half strokes better than the PGA Tour average. Do you have any idea what it is like, like this year? What like DJ led by? Oh, that's a great question. I will research while. Uh, Next time. Or no. Yeah, or if I get it in time, we'll see. But yeah, that is, that is pretty remarkable. <laughs> yeah, if you think about that guy and how 
long he was so dominant. And, you know, as caddies, we're out there with players that, you know, every week we go out, we're trying to win. And you get a win, and you're like, okay, now I only have to make, you know, I don't have to do this, you know, 84 more times. I mean, whatever it is. But, I mean, it's so hard to win out there. It is just so hard to win. And this guy, this guy just pummeled people. Yeah. It it's unbelievable. A question I always think about is Tiger the best, the best at his sport, I guess, or who's the most dominant athlete in a single sport? For me, it's Wayne Gretzky. It always will be. I feel like he just dominated hockey, always has. What's your guys' um, thoughts? You know, Zach, my, my, my dad was saying the same thing with Wayne Gretzky, but I, I don't think – I think he still had help from teammates. You still – your teammates always can make you better as well. You know what I mean? And when, when you're on the golf course, it's you and your caddy, and that's it. Like, there's no – no one's – no one – nothing happened because of something else. You know what I mean? It's all on you. And I think the way Tiger dominated for that long was – I don't know if you could say someone dominated a sport like that ever. So I was able to pull it up for this year. Webb Simpson had the highest or lowest scoring average uh, at 68.978. And the tour average was 71.099 for a differential of 2.12 strokes. Wow. Still pretty good, though. Yeah. Even in that stretch of of Tiger's eight best, he was two point six seven was like his lowest differential. <laughs> wow. So half stroke better than that. So let's end with some trivia here. All right. The uh, so we were talking about that Dubai tournament. So I just did some trivia since we're you know playing this week with the that Dubai tournament over there. What days of the weekend in Dubai? Does anyone know? Oof. Monday and Tuesday. Saturday, um, Sunday. Cause Saturday, Sunday. Why not? Is. Yeah, Saturday, Sunday. <laughs> no clue. The weekends in Dubai are Fridays and Saturdays. Yeah, there you go. Interesting. Interesting. I wonder why. Well, you know what? Now that we – and this is going to get down a dark alley or something, but the first day of the week is Sunday. Yeah. So why not put the weekend as the I last two days that. of the Isn't week? The first day of the week. Monday. No. No, not on a calendar. <laughs> Did they teach you anything in Camden? Go Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I Wednesday? You're right. You're right. <laughs> it's like a song in my head from you're preschool. Right. You're right. I can't argue this. <laughs> I have no way of arguing out of this. Well, all right. Ryan, thanks so much for coming on. I mean, it was really great talking to you. I mean, those who don't know Ryan, Will's Alatoris' caddy, obviously – bright future ahead so we're going to be rooting for you and hopefully it's a 2021 bump for the from the back p boys thank you guys it was great and yes you'll you'll see uh you'll see us out there that'll be great awesome Looking for those listening there. thanks so much from myself nolan reed and we'll see you guys again next week lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.